Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. I want to welcome in Mike DeCorsi, the Sporting News Big Ten Network. You know, Mike, dominant tourney run by UConn en route to a championship. What do you think of their chances of repeating? It's always on to next season. You're you know such a softball. You just <laughs> here's, here's, let them walk. Here's down. one rose. Good job, UConn. What about next year, though, right? That's article. how we work. He already read your write-up, Mike. He's such a softball. What a wimp. You're just kissing up, Brian. <laughs> Dane wants to fight today, Mike. That's He's in just a fight. Just kissing team. up to Mike. You know, you know, you know, guys. I'm ready for you know for a fight anytime, as long as it's verbal and it's about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you think about the Huskies? Good chance. Uh, what are the chances you see them repeating uh, next season? Well, I think there are certain elements that would have to go into that, and it would start with if Adama Sanogo decides that he wants to go professional. I, 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 I think after having won a championship, and I, I have not talked to Donovan about this, so I don't know what his status is, whether he is an uh, international student in that sense. I think he is. Uh, I, I assume he's in the same circumstances, say, a Nathan Mensah was, who I did write about, and the problems that he had relative to name, image, and likeness. He, he wasn't allowed to pursue that. Uh, he, he had, in order to play his fifth year for San Diego State, he had to get a paying internship uh, that was oriented toward his work for a uh, for, for an MBA, uh, and that helped him get through this year and get a chance to ultimately play for the national championship. Uh, I think Adama would be more likely to go ahead and, and turn professional, and if he does, then in order to compete for seriously to repeat, then Donovan Klingon would have to stay. Uh, if if both of them went, that would that would be the end of UConn as a national championship contender in 2024. But if, if Donovan stayed, you're talking about a guy who could become an all-America level player. Yeah. In addition to that, they, they, uh, they, they would pro- they, you know, they have possibility of Tristan Newton returning, the possibility of Andre Jackson returning, the certainty uh, that uh, Alex Caravan will return. Uh, they've got a terrific recruiting class, including a top 10 prospect, Stephon Castles, coming in. Uh, who's a six-seven point guard slash wing, more point guard than wing, but could probably play on the wing if if Tristan stayed. So they've got a lot, but it, it all revolves around clinging without a doubt. Mike, I, I made this point. Mike's at the uh, you're at the Bush or are you at Hobby uh, International? I am at the Bush Intercontinental Airport. Yeah, you're at the spirit. He's in the spirit section. If anybody uh, <laughs> anybody knows Mike, he's in the spirit section. Um, he's got a triple connector on his way back to Indianapolis. But oh, oh, uh, oh no, <laughs> oh no, he's got the triple. Uh, not after what I've been through, I'm coming straight home. <laughs> Mike, I, you know, I, we were just talking. I think it's really interesting when I think about teams next year. One, it's and you wrote a really good article about you know seven NFL draft questions or NFL and NBA draft questions. And there were a bunch of bigs that you wrote about whether they're going to stay or go. But when I think about next year's, um, you you know, who's going to be really good next year. The first thing that comes to mind is if it's not good to be a big in the NCAA right now, as it relates to the NBA. Um, oh, no. Yeah, but that's why it's good to be a big in the NCAA, because one, there's name, value. image, and likeness. And right. two, 
you can be Adama Sinogo or you yeah. can be David McCormick. And yeah. I hear this, guys. I hear this nonsense. I mean, I guess people don't really pay that much attention, but they want to have answers. Um, why is why is the Big Ten not performing well in March? Well, too many big guys, and they they play too oriented. Okay, so who won last night? Right. Who won last April? Right. Come on. I mean, yeah. pay attention at least. Yeah, and Danny He's Hurley not- himself, he gave Matt Painter a ton of credit when he was trying to figure out how to run the two-big system. I mean, Matt Painter was the first guy that Danny Hurley brought up. When he, when yeah. he, before the season. My second thought, Mike, is when I look at these rosters, it's not so much now about the freshmen. I mean, that's the one part that you couldn't write about of the way too, in the way too early top 25 is who is coming in with the experience of, of, of a certain player of, say, a Caleb Love with that in-game college basketball high level experience like those are the things that nobody can account for that's what i'm more curious about than even the freshman the highly touted freshman of say maybe a kentucky or kansas recruit well i still think that there's there there can be great value to those players i mean duke had a significant season this year bad matchup in the second round played badly i also had a, a, a starter get hurt on the eve of the game and you know the one thing that i think that is overlooked in all of this is that you can't get hurt anymore. You can't, yeah. like, you can't even, in, in, at the NCAA tournament, everybody's so thin mm-hmm. because you can't keep players, uh, you can't keep talented players uh, around or they who don't play because they'll leave. They'll go transfer. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and so, so you get two injuries like uh, UCLA did, or you get that uh, Marcus Sasser injury, or mm-hmm. you get the injury uh, that I just talked about, and all of a sudden you can't get through that game and right. survive, and then you're gone. And that's the biggest thing about the transfer portal, even more than the ability to restock other teams, is that the, the great teams can't get they can't get dinged. They, they, right. uh, Duke, it, it, it just you, you, you wind up in a bad spot, and that was true for the Hoosiers this year when Trace was bothered by his back and then uh, Xavier was gone. Yeah. Uh, and so they, could, you know, they couldn't survive that right. uh, either. So uh, I, I think those are, that's important. And I, I think that the, the difference now with the freshmen, and I don't think this is a long-term thing, but the, with the COVID year of eligibility, yes, yes. The difference between a freshman and a senior used to be four years tops five. Right. Now it's maybe five, maybe six, maybe seven. Right. Yeah. And it, that's a huge differential. That's amazing. You said seven. And you listened to Brian Dutcher talk last night, and he, he did. He said, I'm going to miss these guys. So-and-so's been here five years. The other guy's been here six years. I'm thinking, gosh, that sounds like an NBA roster. But, Mike, I, I want to switch gears a little bit. I, I saw a picture you tweeted out of Jim Nance as he was um, – as his um, telecast was winding down. Um, can you share any experiences or, or your opinion uh, on just the level of greatness that Jim Nance has has had and the grip he's had on the Final Four for years? Well, the, the funny thing about that is that – I have never heard him call a Final Four game. Wow. I mean, obviously, I, I, I uh, you know, I was there a year. My, my first Final Fours were a year or two before his. Uh, and so I, you know, I have obviously heard him call Steelers games and Super Bowls and the, the Masters uh, or, uh, uh, you know, other college games uh, when, like, he was at a regional, I was not. 
Um, uh-huh. he, he, he's a magnificent announcer. But the thing about Jim is he is such a good guy. Yeah, I mean, he is. He, you know, we went. I went. I went over to him just to shake his hand and tell him congratulations. And he went like he just he could just said thank you. There was a hundred people that were saying, yeah. but he has to say, oh, you know, I, I you know, I, I really respect your work, and I'm, I'll be following it through you. And like, I mean, he doesn't have to do right. that, but he right. just, he is just such a nice person that he. He ha- you know, he he goes out of his way to be complimentary mm-hmm. uh, and and make you feel better about yourself. That's yep. you know, to me, that's you know, because I was at, I you know I was three feet down from him last night oh. and and couldn't thank the NCAA more for treating us with respect. Yeah. Um, and and so you know, I I did not get to hear his call, uh, but I I certainly uh, just absolutely. Uh, just couldn't value our, my friendship with him more. Mm-hmm. He's Mike DeCourcy, the Sporting News, Big Ten Network, joining us here on The Fan. You know, Mike, I find it interesting where UConn was just so dominant in the NCAA tournament. They won games by an average of 20 points, and yet they lost six of eight games in January around that time. So what went wrong for UConn during that cold stretch, and how did they turn it around and be so dominant when it mattered most? Yeah, remember they started off fourteen and zero, and it wasn't a puffy four and zero, fourteen and zero. They they had Alabama neutral court in there. Uh, they had uh, Iowa State Iowa neutral State. court in there. Uh, they had they did some yeah, really good wins. Yeah, out at the wins. Phil Knight went the Phil Knight Invitational. Yeah. Yep, they had some pretty yeah. good opponents. I mean, when they were basically uh, in the same town as uh, Purdue was, and winning at the same level Purdue was, yeah. but they were in separate brackets, so they never played each other. Uh, and they built a great uh, November, December. And then when they got into January, what really happened to them more than anything was their Big East schedule was a nightmare. They played on the road in one stretch at Xavier, uh, Marquette, and I believe Providence was the third with a home game against Creighton mixed in. They lost three of the four, and they started to doubt each other. Uh, Tristan Newton was new to the program, coming from East Carolina, and uh, and he never played at the highest level before. He played against highest level opponents like Houston and, and Memphis, but he'd never played on a team that was supposed to win those games. They were supposed to lose every one uh, at East Carolina. And so they, people started to doubt him. He doubted himself. But I think more than anything, that stretch, what it did for UConn, I think it not only turned this season around, but I think it's, it's going to, in the end, make Danny Hurley that much better of a coach because it, during that period, I don't know exactly who it was or whether it was a self-realization, but he, he finally came to grips with the idea that, look, the refs are not out to get him. They're going to make bad calls, and he's fine to get mad at them from time to time when they make bad calls, but you can't spend your entire game consumed with, uh, with the refs. <laughs> if you do, you are, you are, that means you are – spending that much less attention and energy on making your team better and making sure that they're in the right places to beat the opponent. That's right. And once he did that, uh, if you watched him on the sideline, did he have moments? Sure. So did Dutch. Uh, So did, so did uh, Dusty and every other coach that I've seen in the tournament, they all had moments where they, you know, where they got angry at the ref, but they weren't obsessed with it. And he was not, he was back to, just coaching his team and probably even calmer than some of the other guys. Maybe not calmer than Dusty. <laughs> That's a cool dude, man. Uh, yeah, there aren't yeah. many as cool as him. But he was really back to just focusing on the game. And I think in the end, not only does this title 
uh, validate him in his family where everybody has been a icon. I mean, his brother is one of the 30 greatest players in the history of college basketball. His dad is in the Naismith Hall of Fame as a high school, high school coach. coach. That's how great he was. Uh, so now he's got his own NCAA championship, and he has an understanding of how to get there. Yeah. Mike, speaking of great coaches, Gene Cady, Hall of Famer. How about that yeah, one? I, yeah, I'm so happy for him. He is just, you know, I was like many people who uh, followed college basketball in the 80s and 90s, and I didn't get a chance to meet him until I joined the Sporting News uh, in 95. And so then I got a chance to meet him and talk to him. And, and it, through that period prior to that, it was, boy, he seems like a kind of angry guy and kind of cranky. And, and then you meet him, and he is the biggest teddy bear in history. He mm-hmm. is the sweetest guy. And so, uh, you know, I, I was so happy for him. And I, ha- I happened to cross paths with him last night. Uh, prior to the game and said hello and congratulating him and I was so happy for him he, he's he's one of the nicest people I've met in you know in decades in the business and and a tremendous coach yep. really really delighted for him yep. hey Mike uh, real fast I'm just curious where you stand on parity going forward because Brian Dutcher he was speaking about this where he said the parity will continue we saw a lot of it in the tournament where do you stand on all that going forward I think some of it will cycle out with the COVID year eligibility guys. When we run out of that, it will calm down to an extent. I think freshmen will then again have a greater impact and the teams that traditionally get the five-star players will have an advantage. But I don't think that idea of you're one injury away from, from losing the game you can't lose. I don't think that's ever going away now with the transfer portal. Because if I'm at I just, you know, state you, I won't say any school. If I'm at state you and I'm not getting any run and, you know, and all of a sudden somebody's waving an NIL deal for me from state tech, I mean, it's just hard to stay now. It, it, you have to really love the coach you're playing for and really want to be at that program. I think a lot of legacy guys uh, and, and young women on the women's side will, will feel that way. Like I have always wanted to be at IU or I've always wanted to be at Notre Dame or Purdue or, or, or Ohio State or wherever. And that's where I'm staying unless it, it's clear I can't play there. Um, and the, the, the young player that in the past was there to fill that gap is less likely to be there now than ever. And I think that's the part of this. The UCLA two injuries, you're not surviving that based on like some young guy that didn't get any run, and now, but he's still ready to help you in April. You're not, that's not happening anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, Mike, we'll let you run. We appreciate your time today, man. Glad that uh, you enjoyed the tournament. We'll look forward to the next one. All right, guys. It was a pleasure. Thank you, yeah. Mike. Thank you. There he is, Mike DeCourcy, the Sporting News, Big Ten Network. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Joining us here right now on The Fan, TJD. I'm just going to cut right to the chase over here, okay? I want you to describe Dane Fife, the Uh coach. I want you to describe Dane Fife, the man. Uh Uh-oh. Start with handsome. Go ahead. You you are handsome. but um, I'll say Coach Fife, um, obviously, he does things his way, and I really, really respect it because he's trying to always get the best out of you. Um, He's trying to push you. 
to pass your limit, um, almost break you, which isn't a bad thing. He's coaching. He's coaching you hard. But at the end of the day, he wants what's best for you, and that's the biggest thing that I can say about him. He's truly caring about his players. That a baby. We set him up. That was that was not a softball, Brian. That was great. I, told, yeah. I promised Trace he was getting all softballs, and you threw <laughs> you threw a heater at him. <laughs> was that was that I'm chin all, music? You know I'm ready, coach. Yeah, he, he is. He is. That's why he's my all-time favorite player ever to coach. Man crush, player crush. I've got it. TJD <laughs> is my guy. TJD, I haven't yes, seen you at Fresh Time lately. What do we got? Are we you sponsored by a new grocery store? What the heck? Uh, no, I haven't been to Fresh Time. I, I went there probably last week. I think yeah. it was last week, yeah. maybe two weeks ago. Yeah, but I need to get back in there. Well, I'm unemployed, so I, I could. You may have to spot me a few, uh, <laughs> few bananas, or uh, maybe some. Uh, no, I got you. Yep. Uh, TJD game last night. What'd you think? Uh, it was good. Obviously, UConn is playing was yeah. playing really good ball, and yeah. I just thought, from my point of view, I thought that San Diego State was just too small for them. I mean, when you're running Sonogo and Klingon two-footers, back-to-back, strong, powerful players. It's hard to play. And when you're making shots like that at a high level with the guards, there's not much you can do. I I got to thinking last night, and you you put my guys Race and Trace and JG. I don't know him. I don't know Malik. I know he's pretty dang good. Mm -hmm. I like the matchup. You know, and it really is about matchups, and that was it. Really is. I, I thought the UConn bigs just imposed their will, where San Diego State was able to impose their will on Florida Atlantic. UConn, you yeah. know, they've really kind of imposed their will throughout the tournament. I mean, I think the Hoosiers matched up would have matched up really well with the with the UConn Huskies. What do you think? I think we would have matched up well. Obviously, um, the way that their guards were shooting the ball is tough. True. It's a tough True. cover, but I think inside. We would have we w- it would have been pretty matched yeah. and pretty even, especially with race and his matchup. Yeah. And then me and I would say Sonogo cancel each other out pretty well. But um, they also played Timmy and Timmy obviously got into foul trouble, which was not good. But yeah. um, I think that game would have been a little different if he wouldn't have got into foul trouble. I don't say they would have won, but they might have. Yeah, they're not losing by twenty five. No. no. So so you went down to Houston. Um, is that the first time you've been to a Final Four, um, either fan, player? Is that the first time? It's my second Final Four, actually. Hmm. Did, did you go there last um, year? No, my first one was actually, um, I forget what year it was. It was the year that Shabazz Napier won. Yeah. So I was actually at the UConn. Oh, okay. Well, UConn I appreciate won. that because that was the year that they upset uh, my team, Michigan State, the team that I was coaching with. I, I feel like you, you threw a dagger at me, TJD. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> that one hurt. I think that, it yeah. was 2014. We had a squad, too. We had Gary Harris, Denzel Valentine, Adrian Payne, no, Keith Appling. squad. Who were you rooting for? Then it was Kentucky. I was a Kentucky fan back You're then. I sick. can't lie. You're a sick man. <laughs> Trace Jackson Davis with us here. You're a Random sick question. man, TJD. It, it, came, it came to my mind, Paulo Bancaro, who ended up being the first overall pick last year, I remember him being at a Formula One race, and someone came up to oh, him really? and thought he was somebody else. Like, when you've oh, been at the Final exactly Four, right? Yeah. Did that happen to you at the past two Final Fours? Did anybody come up and say, hey, are you? And it totally was not who you are. Um, which was crazy. So a lot of people knew who I was, but some people, because I had my hair in braids, mm-hmm. so the, some someone came up to me and thought I was Fino. 
Yeah, yeah. Did you own it? Like, Trace is the kind no, of guy that would own it, though. He'd be not, Fino the whole day. What up, Fino? I did not own it. I'm not going <laughs> to I said, no, you're talking. He was like, yeah, you're a Hood Shafino. I said, nope, wrong, wrong player. <laughs> <laughs> How many inches of difference between you guys? About five or so? Right? Yeah, oh, only yeah. four, four inches. It's not that four? bad. But not too bad. Trace the kind of guy that say he's a lot better looking, too. You know, Absolutely. Boy. <laughs> I, w- I want to go back, TJD, to uh, Dane Fife, the coach. Oh. Almost tries to break you. I picture like Rocky Four and to- Stallone's just training in the snow and his trainers are <laughs> trying to break him up. Do you have a story Trace, of Dane Trace would Fife? Bully. He would bully me in practice. What are you talking about? Uh, Trace no, kind of even bully me. He'd tell me to be quiet that. and go sit in my chi- go sit in my corner. <laughs> hey, I didn't mean break like physically. I mean just like. He'll just mentally just – he'll just try to get everything that he possibly can out of you. Like, he'll be like, you you need to go rebound better, da da, da. Like, I can yep. have 12, 14, 13 rebounds. He'll be like, why don't you have 20? Like, yep. just challenging you and pushing you to be the best. Like, I remember last year, at the beginning of the year, you said you should average 14 rebounds. Mm-hmm. And it's just stuff like that. And so, I didn't mean physically break. Like, well, but, you know uh, I'd break you. just trying to get the best out of you. Yeah. I hear yeah. you. He's a, he's a type of coach that will come over – and watch film with you, just hang out with you. So And bring you good really chicken wings, dog. I, I, I brought <laughs> some good wings, didn't I? Yeah, hey, we got to go get some here soon. Hey, you're buying. I don't have a job, man. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you. I, what, what, no, I by the way, what, what are the go-to flavors for both of you guys? I'm curious if we're talking wings here. Uh, I think Trace. Uh, go-to flavors. I would say obviously the Memphis Dry Rub. Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he's real. He's a real deal, man. I, mm-hmm. I just go with mild, man. Anything else makes me Miles a little gassy. Miles good, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trace Jackson J- Davis joining us here on The Fan. I, I heard it all season long. I know you did too. TJD is outside shooting. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, you go inside, you're a great passer, but you don't see the outside shots being taken that much. So when you are gearing up for the next season and in the gym – What's the training regimen look like as far as your shooting from outside goes? Yeah, uh, obviously, I don't, I don't feel like I'm the type of player that needs to absolutely just hit threes at an unconscious rate. Maybe a pick and pop three here, pick and pop three there, but nothing like crazy. Just show, just to keep the defense honest. Honestly, I think that's the biggest thing for me because I feel like. The other parts of my game, whether it be my passing, even my ball handling, bringing up the court, starting to break. And then obviously my inside presence with lob threat, um, blocking shots on the defensive end of the floor, being able to guard one through five on switches and pick and rolls are all going to transition really well in the league. And that's what kind of the feedback that I've been getting. So as long as I can just go and show that I can hit an outside shot, I mean, it's fine. I don't really need to do that in college because I was so dominant on the inside. Well, that's, like that's why. Yeah, that was my answer, Trace. I mean, guys, yeah. why does it, how did they said, well, well, he needs to sh-. no. H- how do you know he can't shoot? How do you know he doesn't yeah, shoot? I, how I how the hell do you know? That, yeah, that was my argument. Like, guys, he doesn't need to. Why would you try to do something that you're not as good at when you can go dunk on somebody's head? And mm-hmm. my point to these NBA guys is, bring him in. He'll show you he can shoot. He's got a great stroke. Okay, he yeah, probably absolutely. needs confidence, and that's all. Yep. I, I still think, and I sorry to sorry to steal your thunder here, but I no, still good. think, Brian. I think he's just for the NBA scouts. He's just scratching the surface of what he can do, and you know, as it relates to stepping outside. I mean, this guy, 
just wait. He's going to go work out for some of these teams, and they're going to be blown away with the type of dude he is, how coachable he is, and his stroke. He's got a great-looking stroke when he doesn't fade away. Right, Trace? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Isn't that wimpy fadeaway <laughs> stuff sometimes. But he's got a great stroke when he holds his foul through and straight up, straight down. He can hold he, – he's, he, he'd be able to – he may be in the three-point contest one of these days. Carl Anthony Towns was. He didn't shoot very many threes in college. That's right, baby. I'm on board. Does that annoy you at all, TJD, all the questions about your outside shooting when, like Dane said, when you're dunking on someone's head, you don't have to shoot from 23? No, yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone has their opinions. I can't really worry about them. But um, I just feel like they haven't really – no one in the NBA world that I've talked to, whether it be my agents, uh, my dad – have said that I can't shoot. They just said that I haven't. And so I feel like after I show them, then that's going to be just out of the question. And so just need to focus on that coming this off season and just shoot the ball at a high rate, shoot the ball at um, just getting repetition and building my confidence, really. I told your dad the other day, you, you need a hype man, and I'd be a great hype man. Oh, man, you would. You, I mean, you guys, definitely would. You guys got to admit, how much would. do I hype this dude up? I mean... <laughs> I mean, I hype. I'm better than your boy Chuck. Better than your boy. Uh, what, what's the other guy's name? Trace. E man. E man. I mean, I, I got to get a nickname like Chuck or E man, but exactly. Um, I need two <laughs> syllables. But I'm probably the best hype man Trace has. Low key. Low key. Yeah. Low key. Yeah, yeah, really so it doesn't get to my head. Yeah. That's I'm right. thinking something like you know, Flavor Flav was the ultimate hype man with Chuck D. There's got to be something with Flavor Fife. Ooh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there's something. Flavor there. Fife. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe well, you go in a different direction with yeah. Flavor. You know, that's I don't right. Know. That's uh, right. Uh, TJD, don't let me make it awkward, man. But people are. It seems like you're headed to the NBA. I, uh, don't answer it if you don't want to. But awkward. Do you have an announcement? Anytime in the near future, you're just feeling things out right now. Yeah, I'll have an announcement probably in the next few days, actually. Yeah. Well, kind of late to the party, so it is what it is. Yeah. You wanted to wait till after. You didn't want to steal UConn's thunder. No, exactly. I know. I, want, I know the whole world's waiting for it, so I, <laughs> I was going to let UConn have it. <laughs> Whichever court you're on, are we going to see the Hood Shafino type hairstyle that you were rocking at the Final yeah. Four? Yeah. I might, I might do it a few times. Yeah, yeah. I know might. Coach, Coach Five don't like the tips though, so I might take that <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, what was it like playing with Hood Shafino as he goes to the NBA? TJD. Uh, his uh, is probably the one of the best guards that I played with, mm. um, and even as a freshman, just yeah. being able, the maturity that he has, right. the way that he does things, taking care of his body. Uh, his nutrition, it's all pro-like already. His maturity. Uh, Coach, if you were here this year, you would have been blown away by that. I'm not yeah, going to lie. I heard a lot of stories just from, from you guys, just in terms of that yeah. aspect. I think it really helped all you guys. But you matured no, too, man. You, you did too. Yeah. You did a heck of a job leading them. And I just listening to you talk about the importance of leadership, That's that's been nice to see. And I think it'll pay dividends at the next level, TJD, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, TJD, before we let you go, man, I'm just thinking about your career at IU and when you start reflecting on the best moments, what do you flash back to the most? Um, I've, I've done a little bit of reflecting, but just making the tournament for the first time. Yeah. Um, obviously, beating Purdue at Purdue since like, <laughs> first time since 2013, 2016. I don't know when it was, but it's been a while. And then um, 
just cherishing every moment with my teammates, really. Um, just being on the court. Uh, senior night was a huge one. Getting able to beat Michigan. Um, that was really cool because we haven't won on senior night here in a long time, too. So it's all big moments. Yeah, that, that but, Purdue uh, win at Purdue, man, under those circumstances was big time. And it was – It was. It was a thumping. I mean, it wasn't like it was just a, a, a yeah. you know, a upset and a tight game. You thumped them. That was, that was yeah, impressive. You know, TJD, I, I haven't done radio with anybody who snacks as much as Dane Fife does. You know, <laughs> he's either got the applesauce, the cashews going. Is he one of the biggest snacking coaches you've ever had? Oh, yeah, he's always getting snacks, uh, offering you want some of this. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm a good coach. But he's always, he always, he's always snacking. He's always in the team locker room getting some. <laughs> That's true. Types of snacks. <laughs> That's awesome, Trace. Well, hey, man, thanks for the time today, Trace. It was a lot of fun, man, and uh, we'll catch you down the road, bud. See you, buddy. Thank yep. you. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. There he is, Trace Jackson Davis. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Excited to welcome in Mike Chappell. Let's talk some ball. Let's talk some hoops. Let's talk all kinds of stuff from Fox 59, CBS 4. Uh, Mike, what did you think about the championship game last night, man? Eh, not much. <laughs> and, and, and that's a credit to, to UConn. I mean, they didn't care about just being great storylines and, and buzzer, buzzer beaters and all that. They just went out there and took care of business and just made it a pretty boring game with their excellence, which you got to salute them for that. They thumped them. It's, it's, every time, well, they, 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 they took the start out early. What was it? 36 20 to half, whatever. And then, boy, San Diego State makes it a game late, five, six points, whatever it was. Then they knock down a couple of threes like, okay, we're done. And that's what great teams do. They just sort of take care of business. And, and it, it, it's when it's like that, it's not normally entertaining because one team is just dominant, and that's what UConn was. So where do you focus now? NCAA tournament done. You go straight to the Masters. You go straight to the NFL draft. What's most entertaining to you? Well, I, it, it's really kind of I enjoy pain, so I'll, I'll tune in to Cincinnati Reds games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've just always followed them because they're close and all that, and they wear my butt out because they've got some interesting players and they just are going to be awful because that's who they are right now. <laughs> yeah. But and then starting next week we get really cranked up with the Colts again. We get we get a local pro day next week, and then their off season workouts start Monday. So we'll start having access to the change Steichen and players uh, the middle of the week. So and before you know it, the draft is here, and then we're busy again. So it, it just the NFL. However much you want to criticize them, they are they have been great about making themselves relevant for about eleven months a year. Mm-hmm. The only time they're really quiet is uh, the end of June and early July. Other than that, there's something going on. You know, Chap, I'll make a Reds slash NFL draft prospect comparison. You tell me if you like this at all or not. Sure. But your Reds, uh, starting pitcher Hunter Green, 
Got amazing ability. In an opening day, he threw a pitch 105.2 miles per hour. I know. That's insane. But against the Pirates, as you know, a lover of pain, you know, he gave up a handful of hits. He only lasted three and a third, gave up a home run. It was not a work of art. And so it it got me to thinking about, is that what Florida's Anthony Richardson might be in the NFL, where he's got incredible tools, he's got some wow moments, but you just don't get the consistency there. Do you see a Hunter Green, Anthony Richardson comparison at all? Once he played thirteen games, twelve games, uh, th- that's what that's what scares me. So yeah, it, it's it's reps and the, the, the highlight moments are great. They really are. But I go back to what uh, coming out of of uh, twenty twenty one when Chris Ballard criticized the team and the quarterback make the layups. You know, hey, the, the highlight moments are great, and you've got to have them. But when it's third and eight, you better complete the pass. You, you better make the the routine plays that allows you to make the the, the, the eye popping plays. And that's what I just don't know. Hey, this guy might be the, the greatest thing since you know the Michael Vick type player, mm-hmm. but maybe he's not. And I don't. I just don't know if this team's disfranchised in the, is in a position to go with a boomer bus guy. Maybe they will. Maybe they believe that all he needs is experience and he needs constant coaching. All these young guys are going to need coaching, but he needs a hand to just really mold him. And if they believe that's what Shane Steichen can be, then you look at 2023 as being a not a redshirt year, but a learning year. You live and die with Gardner Minshew and get this kid, the rookie, to play some with the idea that in 2024 he's ready to go. If they believe that's what they can do, and you know, I, I think that does buy them time, patience, I guess, to a degree, although the owner is getting a little impatient. But if they believe that they can they can harness this and and he's just shown his the tip of the iceberg, then, then maybe that's what they do such a risk and, and yeah. it's such a risky business anyway drafting and to say yeah it's a risk but we're going to ignore the 12 or 13 starts and the 54 percent completion percentage which that scares me that really does i mean that's that's really t- I, I don't know how much you can improve a guy maybe you can 10 or 12 percentage points i don't know but it's i i've said before i'd love to be in the corner of the evaluation room when they talk about these four quarterbacks, five if you consider the Tennessee kid, just to see how they really – it doesn't matter how Todd McShay or Daniel Jeremiah or Kuyper evaluate these guys. How do the Colts view these guys? I would love to sit in one night. Now, I would promise Ballard I I wouldn't spill the beans, but I'd love to know how these guys really view these quarterbacks. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, Mike, I, I, Dane Fife, I, I go outside the box quite a bit, uh, comparing maybe Jimmy Cook to Dick Butkus. Uh, but <laughs> talking quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson versus Hendon Hooker, is there not much of a difference? If you take the ACL tear of Hendon Hooker out of it, What's is there that much of a difference? You can't take it out. I, you can't. It's, it, it's, it's the old uh, – Except for the gunshot, how do you like to play, Mrs. Lincoln? That's the problem. It's it's, it's it's such a big butt. 
But technology uh, is so much better. They don't have zippers on their knees anymore. And but, but true. And I guess the only issue is he is a mobile guy, and how much this isn't Tom Brady right. coming back from an ACL. Right. But you know, in in. Maybe it makes more sense if, if you look at 2023 being sort of a redshirt year. Yeah. Then if you really think that, that the Tennessee kid, you know, is better and he's more he's more polished, his stats were just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Right. And I think, injury, okay, you so. draft an end at number four and wait for Hennon Hooker. You get him at the or end of the first round tackle. or possibly the second. Or an offensive tackle. There no you question. go. No question. And – that's why, I mean, that's maybe, uh, is that a safer pick? A guy come out of an ACL, but more proven. It doesn't uh, win the press uh, conference. No, no, no. If you went, you know, with the third pick or second, fourth, it'll be the fourth pick in the draft. Yep. They're taking an offensive tackle or, or, or defensive end. Yep. It, will, it will be the best player in the draft. Right. It, right. It'll be the best player in the draft, the defensive guy. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 could, I could buy into that because, again, you're already. Not getting one of the top two guys, and who knows if, if they would have impacted your, this year that much. But you're, you, to me, you're sort of you're sort of circling next year, 2024, more than you are this year, right? And that, it, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, I, I, and I would understand the rationale. Now, if you if you take the defensive end or, or pass rusher or, or a tackle, and don't get a quarterback, then I think you're crazy. Yeah. But I, 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 I could be talked into Hendon yep. Hooker. Uh, you'd probably have to move up into the, maybe the middle of the bottom third of the first round right. to do that. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. But I, 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 I could be talked into that pretty easily. Hey, Mike, I talked about, uh, you know, just the, the uh, it seems to me the some of these NFL agents or publicity teams are have taken a page from the American politics, and we've got a negative campaign against Will Levis. Will and when thrill. I, when I said that earlier on the show, Jimmy looked at me like I just had passed gas. Still did. Um, it looked like I just had crop dusted him. And I personally think that that's what's going on, is there's a little gamesmanship going on. We've got some a negative campaign that's real against Will Levis. I mean, we're going to trash a guy because he took a selfie of his upper body? Or more because he says, I've got a cannon arm, I want to show it off. And But that's what, it's crazy. I think there is gamesmanship. If there's a team that really likes him, then you send out some bad information. Yes, and, Jimmy. And it does drop him. And it does drop him. <laughs> and that's that's part of what I don't like about the draft is the closer you get to the draft, the more bad things, more bad vibes you get. Yeah. What, what's, the, what's the guy done? He's not played since <laughs> December or whatever. What, what has he done to, to, go, to, to fall on your draft board? But I've seen some of these mock drafts where they've got him going – 17, 18, yeah. 20, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, but that's what, that that's what the media is good at. All of us is you build somebody up early and then you slowly tear them down, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, there's a lot of examples about that. And this kid may end up falling. I, I still don't believe that'll happen. I, I just believe desperation will, will convince somebody to take a quarterback with, with his talents earlier rather than later 
because desperation does a lot of strange things to teams in the draft. But boy, you're right that it, it, it's every year you can probably go back and see a guy that was trashed for yeah. some reason, and right. some, sometimes it's because the team hopes to get him, and they've got to hope he doesn't go early in the draft so they can get him. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah. which I, I pointed out, and I don't <laughs> want to be self-promoting or so, pat myself on the back. That is what you're doing. I'm not going to wreck this interview and rebuttal to that. We can get to it at 2.30. That's fine. Yeah. But thank you He's, for the honesty. Bring man. the heat. We're, we're joined by Mike Chappell, Fox 59, CBS 4, here on The Fan. Well, that's a, a great segue, Mike, is – what do you think the Colts, what's your hunch, right? Are they more likely to move up to number three? There are some mock drafts. Todd McShay had one coming out today. He has the Colts moving up one spot. He's more likely they move up to three or stay put at number four. If, 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 if they like one of these two guys, Richardson or Levis, you move up. You just do. If you say, well, if we said four and Richardson's there, we take him, then you move to three because – I do believe somebody moves to three. If it's not the Colts, I, I, I think somebody moves to three to get to get the guy. And the worst thing to me is, is you really like Richardson and you kind of like Levis. Mm-hmm. I think it would be awful to be sitting there and getting and, and take a guy that you kind of like. So as much as you can, control what you can control. Move to three. And again, that, that's if you think Richardson or Levis is that good. If you, you know, they're obviously not going to get the top two guys, obviously. But if you think one of the other two guys is can be that guy, you know, you go get him. I just think it'd be crazy to sit there at four and say, man, you know, in a year, I, I, I wish we'd have given up a two and a three, whatever it would take to get up there. Yeah. That's just with so much on the line, whether it's. Chris Ballard, his long-term, his you know, faith here, or, or the franchise, because if you don't get the guy now, then then you're looking at it struggling again for the next four or five, six years. So, if you like the guy, don't sit at four, go to three, make sure you get him. Hey, man, I hear you. I think it's the ultimate high-stakes gamble. If let's just say, let's say the Colts between Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, they're like we're a team Levis, but. We don't think someone's going to leapfrog us at three and take Levis. We think it's much more likely they take Anthony Richardson. Right. What do you think about going just high stakes gambling and saying the Colts are like Levis is our guy and we're banking on him being at four. We'll play the odds and not uh, pay a second and third round pick. We're banking on him still being there. What do you think about that tactic? I, I would be more okay with that, but, but there's still a chance somebody moves up to three. And likes Levis, so you know that, and and then you're stuck with Richardson. Yep. So it, 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 again, if you really now, I think there's much more likelihood of Levis being there at four. I just do mm-hmm. because it's incredible how how Richardson's stock has just gone through the right. roof. Right. Because he can run faster and jump higher, and you know, hit the ceiling with his with his pass. I. I, I that's why it's it's you see guys falling and you see guys rising, and I always get a little bit nervous when a guy's stock goes through the roof because of workouts. I just do, but with, with Richardson, you, it seems like you have more, almost more more information from workouts than you do with games because you just have right. to play enough. Yeah, but yeah, I just, I would be nervous sitting at four, hoping my guy's there. 
with so much being on the line. If you like one of these guys, you go to three, and you don't worry about giving up a two or a three, although you can use a two for a, a corner, an yeah. offensive lineman, a receiver. I realize that. But if you don't get the quarterback, it doesn't matter. If you don't get the guy that can help you, it doesn't matter what else you get. No, totally hear you on that. Mike, thanks for the time, man. Always good to catch up with you. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Talk to you guys next week. Thank you, Mike. Sounds good. There he is, Mike Chappell, Fox 59, CBS 4.